Action Park Media. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glut. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. On today's episode, I'm excited to talk to Robbie Berger, a.k.a. Bobby Fairways, a.k.a. Brilliantly Dumb. Robbie is the host of The Brilliantly Dumb Show, and today we're going to discuss finding things you enjoy doing for exercise and his love of a nice salad on the golf course. You can find him on Instagram at Brilliantly Dumb. Robbie Berger, a.k.a. Bobby Fairways, a.k.a. Brilliantly Dumb, welcome to American Glutton Podcast. Ethan, I got to tell you, man, I, I'm thrilled to be here. Listen, I mean that. you have you are like a member of the Wu-Tang Clan with all your names. <laughs> I used to love listening to them just because they changed their names so often. <laughs> oh, this guy is... It's the the Rizza the Jizza. No, it's old dirty bastard, and now it's this, and now it's that, and their names change. It, it, How do you have so many names? It's whatever I'm feeling that day. Like the Bobby Fairways. If I'm on the golf course, I'll call myself Bobby Fairways, joking around because I never hit a fairway. Oh, okay. I saw you outside. You said your last name really Fairways. I said no, it's Burger. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. So it's whatever I'm feeling that day. Whatever I knew it was up. Burger, and then somebody sent me. They were like, "Here's a bio for Robbie." And uh, and I was like, what the fuck is Fairways? <laughs> and I was like, I know he loves golf. How is this possible that he just had this name? And what's Burger? Because he likes burgers? Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, the, uh, the Bob Fairways, my friends always call it because the fairway is like where you want to be on the golf course. I mean, right. you hit it from the tee box. That's where you want to be is the fairway. I'm never there. Yeah. So as the joke, they gave me the name Bobby Fairways because right. I'm uh, never, you're never there. Yeah, never. Yeah. I'm never on the fairway, and that's where you want to be. Yeah. I, I love watching you on Instagram with your friends, but what I get a kick out of most is you. There was something where you're you ha you were like eating Trader Joe's Caesar salads every day because you were like, I got to be healthy. I got to get my salad. <laughs> right. We got to talk about this, sure. Bobby, I, I, because I don't Caesars know that. Anytime. Yeah, let's go. Let's get into the I, Caesar. I would love to jump into the w Caesars. I want to know exactly what you're understanding. Like, how is this making you healthy? Well, see, and that's the thing. It, it's it's probably not. I mean, me, I think okay. salad. I think Caesar salad, and I think that I'm being healthy. But in reality, not looking at calories, anything, nothing about the nutritional facts whatsoever. To me, it's just Caesar salad. There's this idea there that all salads are healthy, so I pretty much think that I'm in the clear. And I go to Trader Joe's and I get these Caesar salads and and even I I cannot get enough of them. Right. I mean they're quick. That you take them on the go. Yeah. And all you do you put the dress in there, shake it up real. You're good. eating it while you're driving the golf cart. Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty bizarre to take a Caesar salad out on the golf course. Yeah. Um. But I I'm a huge huge Trader Joe's guy. Yeah. 
and and I told you I'm not I'm not a health not to try and be as healthy as possible, but me it's like I see these Caesar salads I can't get enough of them, not even knowing exactly what's in them, right. which is where my problem probably is. I don't know that you have a problem. You look fit. Yeah, you're clearly getting your steps every day. Yeah. No question. Well, we go out on the golf course, and I, I almost will take a cart sometime, but I like to walk because, to me, I'm doing something that I love doing. It's fun, and then you get to work out at the same time. I put the bag on, on, on my back. You're walking with this bag 18 holes. You're having so much fun because I love golf, and by the end of it, you know, it's a full workout Yeah. to where I feel great about it. A lot of times if I go to run, I run a lot. I don't enjoy going out and running. I just do it because I know, you know, I should and I feel good after it. When I'm out there golfing, I walk 18 holes. Caesar salad in 18 holes. Not only am I having fun. You're getting your nutrients. Yeah, I get a little bit of everything in. I get my steps up. And then by the end of it, I, I do feel like I got a good workout in. Yeah. When, when did you discover golf? Because I think this is the... this is the key that certainly I missed out on for a long time, which was having... Just having things I enjoyed doing, you know, like um, for me, uh, most of most of the active stuff, once it was being forced on me, I wasn't interested in it. Right. And so and so it really did take me a long time, first of all, to feel confident enough to participate in something like I'm not just going to embarrass myself. And then, OK, so now I can enter into things and then it was like finding something I liked doing. Because I know what you're saying about feeling good after exercise. Yeah, oh, for sure. And running for me was always so miserably painful that um, I would get endorphins, but I would be just in no shape to do anything the rest of the day. So that wasn't a good trade-off. Right. Um, and like... It's it's something else entirely when we find something we enjoy doing. But now you're at the point, no, to where you go to the gym now, you're looking forward to going to the gym. How long did it take you? Because in the beginning, you probably had to dread it, no? Like when you started your transformation, you're going to the gym, you probably weren't enjoying it out of the gate, no? The first uh, – I, I had to lose a lot of weight before I even had the confidence to go to a gym. And then um, – it was something that my wife just like uh, said, you have a trainer now. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she said, yeah, you have a trainer. I bought a package with this trainer. This was like 2003 or 2004. So you have to go every Tuesday and Thursday, I think it was, for an hour, see this dude and exercise. And so the idea then was like well if i if i don't show up i've now burned through whatever money so that's a total waste True. i'm not going to do that and i can definitely understand the benefit of exercise and so paying a dude to motivate me was acceptable um but it took a long time for me to really enjoy it right you know now, so now you like even the build up as far as even driving the whole the gym, thing, the whole I, nine yards. I right? like getting ready. That's I like crazy. packing my whey protein and water shake. I like packing my after workout meal that I sit in my car and I eat and I have a moment of like twenty minutes to myself. I yep. like exercising. I like all of it. It's all fun now, and I love how I feel after. So it's like on the very rare occasion that I wake up depressed. 
I don't know if depressed is the right word. Whatever, where I'm not motivated. Don't have your A stuff. Yeah, yeah. I feel like laying in bed. I can go like I'm gonna feel a lot better after the gym, and that's that'll be enough to get me there. See, it's such a sweet spot to be in. To where I would love to get that sweet spot to where I enjoy going to the gym. But you have that with golf. I do, I do. No question about it. I, I mean, it would be nice to because again, not every time do we walk. I always try and get my friends to walk. Um, but at, at the same time, it's is that hobby. is that a battle? Is it a battle between them wanting the cart and you wanting to walk? For sure, for sure. Because where I have friends too that that are, aren't in the greatest shape too, to where you put it, you put a bag on the, over the back of you, and you do eighteen holes, especially in Los Angeles with the sun beaming down on you. I mean, it, it's tough, yeah. no doubt about it. And yes, I do have it with golf. At the same time, golf—that's four hours out of your day, right? So you do that. I mean, it takes a lot of time out of your day. I can't do it on the day that I got to come to work, Jim. You could go hour, you know, maybe hour and a half and come back. Um, I'm at the point now where I'll go to the gym and I'll do it because I feel so good after it. But I'm not in that sweet spot yet that I'm trying to get to to where I enjoy the process before. Like you say, you got you get the protein shake going. You start to get amped up. Yeah, I'm kind of building my way to that process. Same thing with like running. Right now I run every day. Right. I don't like running, but I just love the feeling after. And I'm getting myself to to the point where I go for the run and can enjoy it. Yeah. Where you ever hear they talk about like the runner's high? Yeah. Ethan, that, that hit me one time. It was the most euphoric. It's like you're running and you don't even know that you're running. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. You're just you're so out of your mental, you know, headspace and you're just going. And that hit me one time and I want more. It's yeah. like a drug. Yeah. I've had that I never had that running. I, I felt better, but I never had that. I've had that on a bicycle. I've I've been able to and, and I do get that lifting weights. Um where yeah you're just elated at the end of it i don't know that i get that every day but but when i used to ride bicycles a lot i would i would get that and just go like yeah i want this i want to mainline this feeling all the time no question about it and you're just by the time you're done with it i mean you know better than i do it's like you, you just feel so damn good about yourself whereas if if i don't go to work out i i just am not in that same mental headspace don't go anywhere we'll be right back when did you start running started running actually when the pandemic hit because i was going to my gym and i was getting a real good groove you know at the gym um and you know i had a couple weights back home that i would toss around but then i was like look if i'm really gonna get the the sweat in because like i could lift from home but i didn't get like that full sweat going said i hate to do it i i dread running going running every single time but i wanted to get that full sweat in so when the pandemic hit and we couldn't couldn't go to the gym anymore and it was a shame because i was starting to get into a good groove at the gym then i then i started running yeah and my buddy had just ran a marathon and he talks about this runner's high and yeah, i was like let's oh, go shit. for that yeah yeah i said i gotta see what this is all about yeah but you know it took a long time to get there i only got it once right you know and uh, do you, have you found that – so I understand like um, environment, environmental circumstances kind of forced you over into this lane. Have you found that it's become easier 
with time and with repetition and building it into like a habit that like you enjoy it more no question to where i'm at the point now where if i don't go for that run in the morning i i just it just doesn't feel the same to where even if i you know drink the night before i'm not feeling so well like it's hard for me to go about my day if i don't get that initial running and i don't get that sweating yeah and again, I'm still not at the point where I where I like doing it, but it's just knowing at the end of the tunnel when it's done, how good it how good it feels. Yeah, and you're not destroying yourself on this run. You can go to work work a full day after. Oh, no question about it. Yeah, yeah no question. And what I do is like I I'll I'll stop and go. So I'll be jogging, and then I'll stop and I'll walk a little bit, get back to jogging, stop and go, just to where I get into a sweat. Problem I'm now having is. That's all I've been doing. So now my body is just so used to it. It takes more. It takes a little bit more effort. Yeah, to where now I got to change it up, whether it's do more, you know, run an extra five, ten minutes, or just kind of getting used to it. And I can feel my body getting used to it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I I remember um, we've had an elliptical machine at my house for a long time. And when I the first time I got on it I think I got on it and I was sweating because I just sweat kind of all the time right and I remember getting to the point where it took me 15 minutes at a high resistance and a steady pace to break a sweat and I was like oh that's so wild was it because you had been doing it because I'd been doing it I'd been losing weight I'd been becoming more efficient at it for sure but also I sweat less, but this idea of like the amount of effort, I I remember there's a saying in riding bicycles that it never gets easier. You just go faster. So you're doing this thing. Like if you have an hour and you're doing the same exercise, I I think the idea is like you don't want to wake up one day and go, this is like I'm not even doing anything anymore, right? You, right. You just need to be pushing yourself as much as you were then, but you're going to find, oh, I can now run farther. Right. See, that that's what worries me to where now I almost get worried that I'm such in a groove with this exact time that I've been doing that now my body's so used to it to where it's really not doing that much for me and eventually it's just going to wear itself out. Well, I mean, look, I don't – I think – I I don't want to argue against an hour of cardio. I think right. that's fine. And I look at you, I don't think you need to lose weight. But like if you're thinking about increased health terms, whatever we get out of it, yeah, we hit a point where the body's just like I know how to do this now. So it's beneficial to continue because you're getting this cardiovascular exercise, but like the benefits that you got in the beginning, you can't just keep getting those. Like, totally. You know what I mean? Totally. Now you're at a new point where, in order to get more benefits, you got to do something else, or you know. Yeah, and and you know, even to bounce off that, it's like even at the end of the run, you know, I used to feel I, I'm on cloud nine, Ethan. I got a lot of energy as is. Yeah. At the end of the run, I'm not getting that same. You know, in the beginning when I was doing the run, it was like euphoric. I mean, you could. I I was on cloud nine. Now it's a little bit toned back to where I do think I got to change it up a little bit. Yeah. I I don't know how this is um, addressed in cardio, but I do know with weightlifting, 
the idea is if, like, I, I, let's just use a, a totally arbitrary number. Let's say I can do um, uh, bicep curls with 100 pounds and I can do them 20 times and then I can't do them anymore. If that's all I do, you have to, in order to progress, in order to, if the point is let's make the muscles bigger, you have to add more, right? You're saying add more weight? Add more weight or more reps or more. If you just go until you can't do it anymore every day, you're not going to progress in the same way as if you go over a period of time and make it harder or more. And and do you think that that's because your body is now getting used to it to where it's not having that effect? Well, yeah. I mean, listen, imagine if we took an hour and just every day sprinted as hard as we could for an hour. Like you could you could exercise so hard in an hour that you were unfit to do anything for the rest of the day, right? Right. So imagine if you did that every day. At some point, and I'm not saying like you run a mile in six minutes, so we're going to run a mile in six minutes. Maybe you get faster, and so in order to have this sprint, you're going further. Right. But every single day, you're going 100% for the amount of time that it takes to destroy you. You cannot do that forever. Nobody can do that forever. Carl Lewis can't do that forever. There's going to come a day where he's accumulated so much fatigue, he can't run anymore. Right. It's going to be weird. It's going to be like, oh, I can run faster and I can run faster. And now I'm getting further and further in this hour. And then there's going to be a point where you just like imagine if. Wall. Yeah. You're, so I'm going to add weight every day to my to my barbell curl. There's going to come a day where I cannot add weight anymore. Right. And then, you know, if I keep trying to do it at 100%, you're going to break. You know, it, it, it makes me like all the things too. like, yeah, and the running's great. I don't think anybody is is would tell me like, you know, don't run. I think running's a good thing. But it's like we did I, – I did a commercial for Carl's Jr. And part of the commercial, they were promoting these lettuce wraps that they do. Right. So they had this fitness instructor come in. And this guy was just going to bang me up. Right. Like this guy was going to give me a workout. He was going to throw me through the ringer. And then after we were going to go eat these lettuce wraps. Right. And I knew, you know, the harder he pushed me, the funnier the content would be. Because, again, I, I, I'm a healthy guy, but not crazy to where this, you know, big six foot five guy was just going to let me <laughs> have it. Yeah. And we go to do this workout. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm in shape. I run every single day. Like I'm going to be fine. But it was a whole different workout to where we're doing box jumps, we're, we're, we're curling, we're lifting up weights, we're, we're bench press, we're doing all this different stuff. By the end of it, so many different parts of my body, different muscles were aching and it made me realize how much other things I'm missing out on by just running. It, it's a total different ball game. Yeah. You know, and then by the end of that workout, I, I was, he beat me up pretty bad, but I felt amazing and it was it, it you know was a wake up call to me to where there's other things that I could be doing yeah I could be doing the running and all of that but I'm missing a lot of other body parts um you know different workouts that I could be doing yeah yeah I do I do think I try to get some 
whether it's taking a walk with my wife or jumping on the elliptical machine and not overly pushing it. So I want to have some personally, some kind of base of, um, cardiovascular exercise every day. It's not a lot, but I think that's good because I don't have to in my life really move all that much. What do I do? I'm either doing this and talking or I'm acting or I'm lifting weights. My job doesn't really require a lot of movement unless it's like for a specific scene. And then that's very small. Do you wish that it did? No, I'm not saying that, but I, I'm just saying I like some little bit of cardiovascular exertion as a base. But on top of that, if we just take like, I think for, um, like my wife for a long time would just get on a treadmill for a half an hour a day, put it at the exact same speed and, and have at it and think like, I will constantly have this be a benefit. And I had to say like, well, no, if you're just doing the same thing at every day, at some point, your body's just going to know that that's part of what you're doing. I, I am your wife. Yeah. I am your wife. Yeah, I think you could, you could benefit from switching it up, uh, doing something, right? You got to change it up. Yeah. There's no question about it. Yeah. Do you, do you, because like to me, you just seem like so regimented. You come in here, I keep saying to myself, how is this guy going to get stronger than he is? I see in a couple weeks, you just seem to get stronger. You're just a regimented guy. If you don't hit the gym, okay, yeah. do you not feel yourself? Yeah, I mean like for instance, this week... Is called a deload for me. And this is also very important because we actually make a lot of progress when we rest. Um, I don't ever miss like a week at the gym, but on a deload, the whole point is you're not take it off. It's, it's like less than half of what I was doing last week. Right. Right. And so, this is the shit week for me. This is the week where I I come out of the gym feeling better than before I went in. But like if I if I didn't I could do all my exercises without taking a break in like 25 30 minutes. And like that doesn't feel great because last week I was working so hard that every set was almost a failure and I had to take a couple of minutes in between right. sets just so I could do another set. You know what I mean? And that's where you come out and you, you feel walk like, out feeling good. Yeah, you feel like you got banged up and you're like, I really did something. That's a better feeling. Um, so as far as being really regimented, in order to progress and to make and in order to like in order to to build muscle mass you have to increase it you cannot just increase it forever because eventually you break right now is that the point of the deload week or is that more to just rest the muscles and just give yourself a break that's the deload week gives me a break so then i can start again at the cycle of increasing it um if I add weight to the bar every day, there's going to come a day where I can't add weight to the bar anymore. And then what do I do? Right. I'm not increasing it. What the hell? You got to have rest, right? Um, 
If I add sets every day forever, there's going to come a day where 24 hours I'm working out and then I die because I'm overly, you know? Right. So it's kind of this cycle of like increase, 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 increase. Take a break. Allow yourself to recuperate. Do you think this is what like bodybuilders are doing? Yes, They're not just going crazy? Yeah. That they'll kind of take the deload week, relax a little bit, come back out firing? I think so. And I've heard some bodybuilders talk about, like, I don't like to deload, but they definitely are taking breaks. They are definitely not going. You cannot just increase forever. There will come a day where you're no longer increasing and you've hit a point where, and you know, maybe they're calling that their break because they're just hanging out at the same place for a while. But if we, if we add weight or reps every day, for real, gotta hit a wall eventually. Right? Well, I mean, it's just there's just not enough time in the day, right? It's impossible. So you have to have this break and then work back to increasing. So, do you mentally now because you're taking the deload week? Do you mentally are you not all there mentally? You're so used to working out every single day. Now you got to take it off. Do you not feel the same mentally? Listen, I just came from the gym, so I feel great. I think um, my favorite week is the last week before deload, which I call the overreach week, where everything is almost a failure. Everything is as heavy as it's going to get. Um, you know, last week I'm getting chest cramps when I'm turning my steering wheel, right? I'm feeling my legs are sore. It's, you know, I just feel awesome. Like I'm on fire. I come out of the gym like I've just crushed myself and it's great. The deload week is a tough week. It just is not. It's not as fun. I still feel great when I come out of the gym, but it's not like I don't feel proud about anything. I, that it, It's such a good sore, though, when you get that sore. Yeah. You know, it's like every single time you move your body and you feel it, you're reminded that you just did a good workout. Like, yeah. You know, you had like a good tough workout to where I love that sore. It's just about finding that. Maybe I need a deload week. Yeah, maybe, but... It also sounds like you've been kind of doing exactly the same thing. Totally, So I would – my suggestion would be even if you're just going to stay running, figure out some sprints or some way to push yourself. And change it up. Yeah. Right. I think so. I think once we get into any routine where it's always exactly the same, our bodies – just get adept to that. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm telling you, like you were even saying it for, from your wife's standpoint too, that she had been doing that. Like I, I'm at a point now to where I, I definitely feel that. And when it was, I guess you could say alarming to me was after these runs or after the workouts, I'm not getting the soreness in the legs. I'm not getting that same type. Me working out, I got more energy after I work out than if you know I didn't work out. I'm sure a lot of people are probably that way. Um, and I'm not getting that as much to where I kind of knew I got to change it up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I do think if, if, if we're talking about a completely sedentary person who doesn't, who's just playing video games, if we suggested like go for a walk for half an hour every day and, and that's all they're going to do. I think that's better than nothing. And like, I wouldn't say you have to increase it, walk faster. I would just go like, if you're, if you're not moving at all, I think moving is better. And if you can even, 
eventually be running for an hour. That's fucking huge. Anybody who's running for an hour every day, to me, that's like within the realm of re- being really healthy. Right. Like you're a specimen. Hey, I w- I look, I would love to, I mean, I would love to get it to there. I can't run. I thought you were running an hour a day. I do. No, oh. but I, I, I would love to get it to the point where like I'm back feeling the same way, like from a mental standpoint yeah. to like, you know, where I'm there to where, yeah, I probably should change it up. Change it up. I think even if you just ran faster, you'd probably hit that runner's high. Come to think of it, I'm probably not even running that fast. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> I, mean, maybe yeah. I just got to pick it up a little and, bit. But this also goes back to the idea of like enjoying what we're doing, right? You love playing golf. It wouldn't be hard to get out of bed to go play golf. No. Right. No. And no. that's where it's like. Not at all. Even like I, when I was visiting my parents, they play a lot of tennis. Yeah, and I I started to really get into enjoy the tennis, and that was such a different workout to where it's a change of pace, stop and go, stop and go. I'm having so much playing tennis that you, so much fun playing tennis that you kind of forget that you're working out. Yeah, by the end of the tennis, by the end of the match, whatever we were playing, you walk out, you're you're in a full sweat, you feel phenomenal. To where, you know, also, too, I think it's big as, like, finding those things. Same thing with me with golf. I don't even know that I'm working out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm having a fun time doing it. That's the fucking key, man. I'm, I've always been so um, jealous of people who seem to really be enjoying uh, activity. Because I, you know, I enjoy sitting in a pool i don't enjoy swimming laps so i can't say i enjoy swimming even when i think about like the most active thing i enjoy then there was a period where like i could go on a hike and enjoy it and that was like wild right um i definitely enjoy going to the gym and i wake up one day and go like oh i'm that guy who enjoys doing the activity he found yeah which which i think a lot of people myself included Envy. I mean, just being able to to wake up and enjoy that process of going to the gym and just being in that much of a routine. Yeah. Do you look back like on the days where you weren't going to the gym to where like is it hard for you to believe that those were days where you had no interest now in going to the gym at all? Yeah. I mean, you have to go back a good ways in like years for me to find that. But I definitely there was a huge portion of my life where where i i was not motivated to do anything and um i think it really came down to confidence uh you know and being willing to being willing to not be the best at something but actually being willing to be the worst guy you know right. and, but this is anything um the embarrassment, the feeling of embarrassment, but, but let's talk about golf because this is really interesting. How, how, how did you find golf? My friends were playing a lot of golf and, you know, whether it comes through, through business or whether it comes to just pleasure with friends, like you go out there and, and my friends were going out there and they were just having a ball. You come back, you see them at the clubhouse after they're having a good time. I see videos of them out on the golf course. And it's like, I would love 
to do that because it's just like they're having a good time. Yeah. So I originally would go out there and be playing with my friends. I wasn't good at it at all, but I was like, I just love being out here having a good time. You know, you're with your friends. The 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 banter is good. Um, and then it's such a challenging sport that it just kept me coming back to where I love the challenge. I mean, it, it is a it's a brutal game and it's such a hard game to figure out why your swing, why the ball went right, why it went left. There's so many different things to it. One day you're great, one day you're terrible. But then I just fell in love with it because you go out there on a Saturday, it's four hours of your day. You're out there with your friends, you're having a good time. You you get a workout out of it too to where I just was getting so much out of it. Yeah. And it turned in for me where we were out there so much to where a lot of my content and, you know, when my Instagram was growing, a lot of it was growing through golf. Right. So we go out there four hours and we keep the camera rolling to where now it's turned into part of my job. Yeah. Um, so it, it was like just a perfect storm for me. Um, but yeah, seeing them going out there made me want to be a part of it so bad because you loot, you know, they go out, they go out to golf, you lose them for four hours, you lose them to the full day, you know, while you're home, you want to be out there with them. So the first time you played, was there any sense of like, these guys are all better than me and embarrassment or anything like that or you were just like i'm gonna learn how to do this too you know what it it wasn't embarrassment because they had all been there and they know knew the game and how long it takes to learn to where you kind of have like a gap of a year sometimes two to where people kind of give you a pass like they're not going to judge you when you had just started yeah what's frustrating with golf though is sometimes they like to pair you up with four people total to get as much people as possible if you would go out there with just your friend, right, they'll match you up with two random people. Right. So that's when it'll be frustrating to where these guys are having good shots and then you don't want to hold them up. You know, pace of play is a, is a big thing on the golf course to where, you know, these guys are hitting good shot, they're hitting it far, and then here you are just spraying it all over to the course right. where that would like get a little frustrating or embarrassing. But as far as when I was with my friends, no, because they knew I had just started and, and it's with people you're familiar with. When you have somebody else that comes in that, that, that you don't know, that's when, yeah, you could start to get a little embarrassed or, or whatnot. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Was it, close to the first few times you played that you got paired up with strangers oh yeah it, it was I, I went out with my friend i think it was like the second time that we went out there and i had no idea that we would get paired up yeah and it was on a nice course too that i probably had no business you know being on at the time and yeah man it's like you're hitting your ball the ball into trees you're calling four left and right where <laughs> it starts to it'll build on you a little bit and yeah. like um, yeah, to where it gets frustrating. What I like to do is I'll just talk down on my golf game and set the bar very, very low. Right. Very, very like, low. listen, guys, we, I don't know you. We're going to be going real slow. Right. We're going to be in the, in the sand and in the lake and oh, all over there. For sure, because it just totally clears you because then they expect it and then you know if you play good now all of a sudden they're impressed but i would get that out right of the way if somebody came and joined us i would say look you know i'm not great but when they would understand not many people care too much but it yeah. just kind of clears you yeah i cannot imagine um trying to start something 
new. I mean, that's not totally true. I've done classes where I go into the class and suddenly I'm paired up with a stranger and I'm like, listen, dude, I don't know. I don't know how <laughs> I do this at all. Um, and for the most part, people are, I guess I just look at a lot of golfers. Sorry, I don't look at you this way, no. but I think you're an anomaly. But I look at golfers and I think of like stuffy businessmen. 100%. And so I, I don't know how to talk to those people. It's it, it's definitely out there for sure, especially like the nicer courses that you go to. Yeah. I, to be honest, that's why I almost don't even like going to the nicer courses because there are people like that where all they're worried about is pace of play and and it's just not nearly as fun of an experience. Whereas I like going to these municipal courses here, pay twenty five dollars for the for the four hours, you know, play eighteen holes, and it's not as much pressure to be good golfers because just about everybody that's going out to these courses aren't that good, you know, right. either to where they kind of understand. Yeah. You go, you play these nicer courses, and it is, you know, it is very stuffy, and, you know, they're not going to tolerate you being real bad and slowing them down, and that, I mean, that there's a lot of pressure on you for yeah. that, you know? And then, and then people are building up behind you even, right? Totally. Oh, yeah, totally. And then that gets stressful. So, yeah, that's like the part to golf, too, like where it's like, you know, people are behind you. You're constantly watching behind you. Um, you know, you don't want to get them annoyed and, and you know, stuff like that. But that, I think, personally, is the problem with golf. Yeah. To where there is this, you know. I think there's that, though, with lots of stuff. I, I, True. I, I have found... That every time I've been new at something, whether it's kickboxing or Brazilian jiu-jitsu or USPSA or whatever, and I go in and I go like, hey, you look like you know what you're doing. I'm brand new. Do you have any pointers for me? People are generally really, really nice. I don't know why I'm sitting here and trying to put myself in that situation in a golf thing and looking at some lawyer or some doctor who's on his lunch break and he's just like, I don't. I don't want to deal with you. But you know what? It's a good point. Like, right, if I went right now to a Brazilian jiu-jitsu place to just get started into that, I would be terrified. Yeah. Totally terrified. Yeah. But then you'd find, I can't think of a single bad instance where when I overcame my feeling of, of, worthlessness and and asked somebody who I could see was really good like to show me something or to roll with me or, or something like this um it was I only had good experiences see that you great. know okay. and the same with like uh at the gym anybody can ask me anything and I'm well happily oh, you sure. want a spot you want me to show you how I'm how to do what I'm doing fine I will with cheerful uh, happiness help somebody and welcome them and I've found that every all the other people I haven't had bad interactions at gyms you know well, that's the thing with golf if you get those people that aren't good so you, so you, and I again you run into the guys who are these stuffy business guys want nothing to do with you have no patience for you yeah it's not like you could get out of there after a half hour you're in it with these guys for 18 holes to right. where you're spending a large portion of your day with those guys, and that is like, 
that'll give you a lot of anxiety. And yeah. you're, you're there with them for yeah. that long to where you have no choice. I mean, yeah, you could go off the course, but you want to get your money's worth at the right. same time. I don't know. I don't know if I get past that. I'm gonna I'm gonna take you on the golf course. Listen, I will say, um, I've never tried golf. I, my wife made me try tennis once, and all of the balls went into the parking lot. <laughs> You're probably going to be doing that with the golf balls. It was a disaster. But to see with your size, I mean, to see you hit a golf ball, I'm telling you it's right now. It's never going to go where I want it to go. That, but, but when you do get the time where it does, and with your size, and with how far you'd be able to hit a golf ball, you mark my words, Ethan, it would keep you coming back. Yeah. Do you know who Michael Pena is? Yeah. You met him. Him. Yeah, he was in here. Sure, um, he's really into golf. And uh, do you know he hit a hole in one? That's got to be the most you talk about euphoric feelings. I, I can't imagine. I that. mean, what did he do after it? I think he was in shock. <laughs> he he went to one of these like celebrity golf tournaments, and I remember he was t- telling me the story. He got paired up with like Dan Quayle. The old politician, old vice president. And he was like kind of bummed, like wasn't really a fan of Dan Quayle. Right. Um, I don't know if anybody was a fan of Dan Quayle. Didn't he like misspell potatoes or something like that? He not a guy you want to get matched I mean, that's up not with the guy. The I, I don't want to do sports with Dan Quayle. I don't right. know. He might be a nice guy. No, I have no idea. Golf. Um, and he's out there. And then hits a hole in one. I mean, that's got to be a huge deal, right? They have, there's this thing too, like what they'll do is like everybody will buy you drinks at the bar and people really celebrate it on golf course because it's such a rare thing to happen right. that it's it's very celebrated. Yeah. I mean, me, even just the thought of getting close to a hole in one, which I've had that feeling was just unbelievable to where I can only imagine if that thing goes down. I mean, I'm, I'm going nuts. Yeah. Going nuts. Is that the fairway? Is that close? What's the fairway? The fairway is like if it's on a, a longer hole. So you're not really going to find a fairway on a, on a par three. Okay. But if it's a longer hole, the fairway is pretty much in the middle where you would want to be. Okay, okay, I see. And Ethan, I'm going to take you out. You'll, have, you'll hit 200 balls, 199 of them will probably go all over the place, and that's okay. You're going to have that one shot especially with how far you'd be able to hit it with your size. That's going to go right down the pipe. It is going to be a phenomenal feeling for you, and it is going to keep you coming back. Um, Okay, I'm excited about this. I don't want to do a whole game. Let's just go hit balls first. No problem. Let's go hit balls first. And that's that's the way to go about it. Four hours, I mean, a full, that takes a lot out of you. Yeah, if if I become obsessed with this, my wife is going to come track you down. Yeah, she... (laughs) You know what? Yeah, no. Maybe we shouldn't go on the golf course. Yeah. Here we do. I'll take you on the golf course. You take me to one of these Brazilian jiu-jitsu places. Okay. I mean, you really want to put me out of my comfort zone. Take me to something like that or even just a workout. With yeah. You. And we'll lift weights. Lift weights. Yeah. Take me out of my comfort zone a little bit. Yeah. I don't know that I'm the guy to take you to Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Uh, I haven't done that in a long time. But I, I, lifting the... weights. I'll take you to – we can lift weights. I, I would dread going to it. But by the time we we walked out of there, I'm sure I would feel amazing. Yeah. And that's what would keep me going. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to do that. That would be fun. Uh, please, please hold me to it. Because, yeah. again, I won't, won't look forward to it there once we got in and going and, and walking out of that gym. I would want more. Yeah. You know? 
Ravi, I'm excited to do that. I'm excited to do that. I'm excited to continue watching you golf and eat your Caesar salads. <laughs> you are truly, I can't believe I'm on the podcast right here with you. It's, it's truly incredible. Been a fan of you for a long time. And just to be in here on the show, it's, thank you so much for having me. Man. Thank you for coming. And thank you. I, I did your show too. You were awesome. Brilliant, brilliantly dumb. Hey, talk about a guy that moves the needle, Ethan. You move the needle. Oh, anytime, awesome. you, anytime you want to hop back on, we're happy to have you, brother. Great. Thank, Thank you, you so much, man. Appreciate it. And now for the Q&A. This is a question from Kendrick. Hi, Kendrick. I love your podcast and I listen to it religiously. You inspired me to take on my own weight loss journey and I've lost 60 pounds since October of 2020. That's awesome. He says, I've been stuck at 300 for the last month and I was wondering if you went through this and if you have any tips you could share that helped you get through a plateau. Yes. Let's... Get into this, Kendrick. I don't like thinking about this in terms of plateaus. And my immediate advice is take a diet break. Allow your system to recuperate. Allow the fatigue that you've placed on your body from dieting to recover and to uh you know, wash away all that stress. Dieting is stressful on your system. Your body does not want to be deprived of food. It thinks it's dying. It thinks that there's a famine and you're going to die. So from malnourishment, because that is the long-term likelihood. If we're, if we're really in a situation where we're, um, using more energy than we're putting in and therefore reducing our weight. If we do that forever, no more life. That's just the way that works. So the body having, having systems in place to combat that is going to do things like become more efficient at use of energy and this builds up in certain ways. You could be more hungry. Your your metabolism slows down. There's lots of different ways the body does this. My suggestion is, and when I say diet break, I do not mean go back to what you were doing prior to dieting. I mean spend a period of time where your intention is neither to gain or to lose weight. That takes a lot of work. That takes much more work for me uh, it takes about as much work for me to actively try to maintain my weight because I'm so used to either losing weight or gaining weight, which is what I spent the majority. I spent the majority of my life gaining weight. Then I spent the last 20 years b- battling between losing and gaining weight. So this is very easy. I'm going to spend two months on some crazy diet and I'm going to lose a bunch of weight. No problem. I can do that forever. Uh, you know, two in two month blocks. Uh, and then it's this kind of white knuckle fight to not put it on as fast as my body wants me to, to put the weight back on, to have weight regain. The, the idea of a diet break is number one, teaching you how to exist, not on a diet, which is the whole game in my opinion. Um, 
that is the whole like quote unquote lifestyle change, right? Diet isn't lifestyle change. Diet is for a very fixed period of time. Um, you know, if your diet was like, I'm just going to quit eating bread. Okay. That might be a lifestyle change for you, but that might not also provide the, the, the product that you're looking for, because maybe at some point you stop losing weight. So I don't know what you did to get 60 pounds off, but this idea of a plateau to me says, take a break and focus on maintenance. Take a month, take two months, take three months of maintenance. And then I promise when you go back into fat loss, it will be easier. It will come off again. Um, you know, much more readily because your, your body's not been starving. That's, that's my advice, Kendrick. If you have a question that you would like me to answer on this podcast, please submit it to AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. <laughs>